what's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball podcast. If you hear me a little differently today, it's because I'm actually at a different location while my home gets uh, remodeled. So you might hear me outside. Uh, I'm actually in a backyard and uh, yeah, have pretty good scenery. If you follow me on Instagram, which is Vic underscore all day, the personal account, uh, you'll be able to see the nice, the very nice location where I'm recording from actually. So um, I want to start this episode with, uh, it's going to be a little bit different because I just, I don't have notes on me. Um, Everything's just a mess. It looks like an episode of Hoarders. If you guys have ever seen Hoarders, it's basically, I think it's on TLC uh, for anyone outside of the US. If you're not familiar with that channel, uh, I'm not, I don't even know if it's on that channel, to be honest, but basically it's that show where the people just like carry a bunch of sh- like they just don't throw anything out um, and they just live in piles and mountains of trash and whatever it is that they collect and don't throw out. So that's basically what my house looks like at the moment. Um, and that's obviously because of the remodeling. But anyways, um, so I'm actually recording here without any notes, you know, just me kind of going through some memory, you know, kind of tough uh, to remember without notes. I hate doing pods without notes because I like to read some things out to the people from things that I checked out uh, during a game. But anyways, I'm, I want to start with uh, with one of the games here, uh, which was game two of Kings Warriors, uh, which was... Honestly, a must win for the Kings, in my opinion, like I had said on the last episode. Yeah, to me, it was it was a must win for the Kings. And mainly because, obviously, going to Golden State, right? Just playing there. I mean, that, that was going to be hard in itself if the series was tied. You kind of don't want to give up any energy, right? Any bad vibes. Going into a game, put a little more pressure on yourself if the series is split on the way back to play on the road. Um, Warriors, obviously, I expected them to take game one. They didn't take game one. I thought they'd win the second game. They also did not win the game, obviously. Um, I'm going to get into a couple of the things uh, from that game, though. So, game two, Kings-Warriors. I'm looking at, you know, a good start by the Warriors, right? And I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be one of those games uh, where the Warriors just respond and they steal one on the road. Um, You know, I was obviously hopeful for seeing uh, the Warriors kind of, you know, regroup after, in my opinion, throwing away a game one right um but the kings responded and i had a little back and forth texting with a cousin of mine um who was telling me man alex len is such a mismatch uh in terms of just a hard cover for the warriors mainly because of obviously the height you know the athleticism his ability to rebound his ability to just get to the rim um and you know really hard to be contested but i did explain to him as well i said yeah he's good to put in bursts you know, you don't really want to, you don't really want too much of Alex Len because there were moments where they put him in and then they took him out right away. And reason being is, I mean, I don't think it takes a genius to understand the fact that when he is out there offensively, uh, the spacing can take us a little bit of a hit. But um, yes, you do win the rebounding battle. However, um, when it comes to defense, right, with Alex Len. You know, you can really put him on a blender, right? You can put him on an island, so to speak, uh, out on the perimeter. You know, you can just switch, switch, switch until you get that matchup. And then they can pretty much just cook him. And, you know, that, that kind of did happen. You know, the Warriors quickly scored a couple of points with Alex Len out there. Uh, so defensively, when you have Alex Len out there, just, you know, not something that's going to work out for you long term. So that's why it's important to, you know, 
use your rotations in a smart way in which Mike Brown really did you know he used them in small bursts you know he got some rebounds he he definitely scored and and he just looked obviously like a like a problem for the Warriors but then you know Warriors just you know yeah they get out rebounded but then they go and, and cook on the other end so quickly Mike Brown makes the substitution he puts the bonus back in this was like a little bit later in the game and you know Get that little back and forth with Sabonis, who, let's be honest, he's been making a couple of dirty plays. I'm not saying he's a dirty player, but, you know, he has been getting away with a lot of, uh, you know, push-offs on offensive rebounds or defensive rebounds. Um, You know, just getting away with a little bit of things. Uh, Nothing too crazy, uh, but it is things that, obviously, Draymond Green and a lot of the Warriors uh, people weren't happy about, especially after hearing... uh, obviously the suspension for Draymond Green for game three which is tonight uh, which is going to be a super epic game I mean it's going to be this is a turning point for the series right like this is the game that decides the series in my opinion in terms of maybe not you know if the Warriors win it they win the series right nothing like that but if the Kings win this game coming back 3-0 in, in the way this series has played out where the Warriors just aren't going to defend and they're just going to take tough shot after tough shot, I don't know how the Warriors come back from 3-0, you know, especially against, uh, you know, you're going to have to win four games in a row at that point, right? And that means the Kings are going to just, I guess, not outshoot you for four more games, right? And I don't think that's going to happen. So this game three at Golden State without Draymond, he gets suspended, obviously, uh, for kind of stomping on on Sabonis I'm sure everyone's seen it by now um you know basically Sabonis holding him right his ankle area and uh obviously Draymond Green you know used it as an excuse to kind of like you know stomp on him to kind of respond to that grapple on the ground right of his ankle so you know when you look around and you and you hear different people talk about it some people say you know Sabonis shouldn't have grabbed him some people say Draymond shouldn't have stomped anyways um my opinion is I think that obviously if there's no grab, there's no stomp, right? Like if Sabonis just doesn't hold his ankle, I don't think uh, obviously Draymond Green has no reason to retaliate and stomp on him. Now on the other end, do I agree that Draymond should have stomped on him? No. You know, if I was Draymond, and I'm not Draymond obviously, but if I was him, I would have just like, you know, overacted the grapple on my ankle and fell, right? Like a fake fall, kind of like try to sell the foul. Um, And then that way, Sabonis gets the technical, right? Because he got the technical anyway. Um, But, you know, Sabonis gets a tech in that best case scenario. And then, you know, uh, obviously you get, you you keep Draymond in the game, right? But obviously, you know, Draymond just, we know who he is. We know his character. And I've gone back and forth with a couple of people about it. Um, I think, I don't know, you know, it's, should he have been suspended? A lot of people say yes. A lot of people say no. I say yes because and I apologize for that ring I say yes because you know it's it's the act of it's just who Draymond has been right just like the repeat offense a repeat offender I guess is what they called it the NBA when they were kind of giving out all the reasons why Um, and I agree with that you know like at what point does the NBA say enough is enough right and just throw the hammer down right like at what point do they just do that because if the NBA continues to to be soft in that sense players like Draymond and Dylan Brooks and guys like that they're just going to keep doing things like that because they think they're going to get away with it throughout a playoff series well the NBA just basically used Draymond as an example um going forward for everyone else not just Draymond um that they're not going to mess around they don't care 
if it's going to affect the playoff series because this is the best way to show punishment, right? Like if you, I mean, if you're punishing guys in the regular season, it's one thing, right? But when you punish them in a playoff series, that means a lot, especially when you're going back home down 2-0, you know, because this is going to be the most important game uh, for the Warriors that they've ever had to play in a first round series, maybe. And and that's obviously because they've never been down 2-0. I think that's what I read. You know, it's going to be a new challenge for the Warriors. Do I think the Warriors are going to win without Draymond? I think they will. You know, I, I, I've been wrong, right? Like, I thought they'd win game one. They didn't. I thought they'd come back and win game two. They also didn't. But they haven't been good on the road, you know? So that's another factor, right? Like, but they're going to have to win one on the road if they want to get out of this series alive, right? So they haven't been able to do that. So, you know, this game, super huge. I think, personally, that the Warriors will win game three, which is tonight. I think they're going to win. I think it's going to be crowd energy. I think the team is going to respond well. I think we're going to get big games out of Clay, out of Steph. Um, and I just think guys are going to show up. You know, a report came out earlier today about how some of the role guys, some of the younger players supposedly aren't happy about their roles, about, about the limited, you know, opportunities they have. I don't know if any of that's true, but if that's the case, this could be the start of the downfall for that for that team in this game tonight but you know me being optimistic and you know hopeful for a good series i'm just hoping the warriors uh actually respond and win this game so um you know what did i see in that game two between warriors kings just to kind of sum it up a little bit i know i went on a little uh i don't know little tangent or whatever you want to call it but you know the warriors just man they really struggle to score you know Davion Mitchell you know time and time again just really pressuring Steph Curry the on-ball defense just point of attack defense uh for the Kings has been so good with Davion Mitchell you know the defense was really good for the Kings it's something that no one's been able to say all season long um the Warriors just taking tough shot after tough shot and this was one of my concerns about this series you know when I said earlier when I was breaking down this series specifically I said it's going to come down to who's making shots when it matters most because neither team defends. I did say the Warriors defend better than the Kings. The Kings have looked much better defensively. Um, you know, they're really clogging up the perimeter. I mean, they look better on defense than I thought that they were going to be, um, especially in the playoffs where I thought the experience from the Warriors would take over. But man, the Warriors are looking like the team that doesn't have the experience. They're taking bad shots. They're taking tough shots. They're just, they're not getting to the rim everything is either a contested shot or some bs uh three-point shot it's it's just you know it's just it's been really ugly uh for the warriors it's been a struggle and you know steph's had great games you know he, he's been putting up some points dude like i mean steph's been balling but again it just overall collectively you know you get a 50.3 you know 53 point attempts from the warriors in, a, in one in game one um i'm not even sure how many threes they took because i don't have my notes on me right now um uh, but you know again just the kings just playing smarter basketball than the warriors that's really all it boils down to you know, you get those dribble handoffs with Sabonis, they'll do it multiple times until they get a good look. You know, they're really letting De'Aaron Fox shoot threes and sh letting him shoot threes has worked out for the Warriors, but they haven't been able to stop him from getting to the rim. You know, they can't stop Malik Monk from getting to the rim. Um, you know, and then obviously Sabonis just as tough as I thought this series was going to be. For him you know you got Draymond you got Looney and it has been a little bit of a struggle you know he's been putting up his points rebounds um that's something that really 
has hurt the Warriors. And in the regular season, I would see De'Aaron Fox easily get to the rim, uh, but I would notice that he didn't really do that as often as, as he should have, you know? And that's clearly been something that he's taking advantage of in this series, right? And that's something the Warriors, I don't think they're ever going to be able to stop that, you know? So if, if they're not going to hone in defensively, they can't be taking bad shots, you know, because that's just that you're just throw, you're just rolling the dice. You know, when you're playing a team like the Kings, right, number one in offensive rating, you can't just roll the dice and get into an offensive game with them. Now, I guess like people would assume, hey, man, you got Steph, you got Clay, you know, even Dante DiVincenzo, if he gets hot, uh, Jordan Poole, if he gets hot as an X factor, you know, the Warriors can definitely compete offensively. But it's like you're really making this uh, a math game right a percentage game a game of luck too you know because if you're taking tough shots you need luck on your side and you know again man just you know the the kings they can score in the paint you know they really can like i said fox monk um sabonis you know has a really good bag in there he 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 was missing a lot of shots early in game two um you know just kind of missing some bunnies and they obviously made it tough as well on him to score under the rim but you know, at the end of the day, man, when you're getting looks under the rim and then you're getting high percentage looks from three, even if you don't defend, you're looking pretty good in that game. And the Kings are doing the best of both, right? They're doing the best on both sides. They're just, you know, they're locking in defensively. They're making things tough. The Warriors aren't passing the ball enough for my liking. Um, and again, you know, it's just tough shot taking, tough shot making. Um, and that's not going to win this series, man. The, the Warriors need to go back to the basics. You know, get to the rim, draw some attention, kick it out and get better looks, you know. But that's all I want to say about that series. I want to move on. Clippers, Suns. The Suns respond, okay. And it looked at first like the Suns were going to drop that game. Um, I was already concerned watching this game, you know. It, uh, Kevin Durant was way more aggressive to start the game. Um, if I remember, if memory serves me right... I don't think he had a great first quarter, but he was aggressive, right? He was way more aggressive in game two than he was in game one. Um, but Devin Booker, if I remember correctly, was the story uh, offensively as well. Just, you know, pretty much just staying aggressive, doing what he has to do. You know, Zubac struggled in that second game. Um, and then, you know, it's crazy because you get a good offensive game from Russ. And you think, man, if you can get a good, efficient offensive game from Russell Westbrook and Kawhi's going to work and you get Eric Gordon going to work, you don't really need much. You don't need a whole lot more, you know, from the way this series has looked. But, you know, uh, the Suns, they came back. They they really just they had to win this game. They could not go to L.A. down 2-0, you know, similar situation to the Warriors, except, you know, they're dropping a home game in game one but um you know the good news is i guess for the suns not for the fans is that Kawhi leonard's not going to play tonight uh for game three at home which is awful i mean it's just this couldn't be better for the suns you know who who were looking like they were really struggling against the clippers depth you know the suns just they were really going through it you know i was starting to get concerned after game one and even the beginning of game two I was thinking, man, this does not look anything like the series I thought it was going to be. Um, but, you know, just, you know, they held on. They were able to actually pull out, you know, and win the game. I'm glad for that because obviously my pick to get out of the West was the Suns. Um, when I did that quick breakdown of the West, of the East and West, 
Um, you know, I don't really, my memory doesn't serve me too well. Um, but <laughs> game threes tonight, you know, I'm sorry about this uh, lack of notes pod where I usually have some stats that I wrote down. I usually have some specific plays that I write down. Um, it's just been really hectic. Um, but I just want to touch on, obviously, you know, the Clippers playing without Kawhi. <laughs> the Suns need to win this game. Okay. They go up two to one. You know, uh, Kawhi most likely will play game four. And then at that point, it is what it is. You know, the, the, the Suns basically take their home court advantage back if they split on the road here uh, in L.A. So, you know, I fully expect the Suns to win this game. There shouldn't be much of a struggle, in my opinion. The crowd's going to be high energy. But, you know, when you're going in there and you got a guy like KD, you got a guy like CP, a guy aggressive like Devin Booker, these guys are just going to show up and get the job done. Right when they're supposed to, which is reminding me of last night's Laker game that I want to talk about. Uh, also, actually, I didn't even think about that, but um, man, what I mean, I it's crazy because I even said on the last episode that I wouldn't be surprised Lakers are the type of team to disappoint you and blow the game where they don't have John Morant. Um, I still think that I said I still expected the Lakers to win just like everyone else would. Um, but I would not be surprised if they lose to Memphis. And lo and behold, they lost to Memphis last night. It was a disaster. I'm looking, man, I'm watching this game from the jump. And I already know it's a Laker loss. How do I know it's a Laker loss? It's not that hard. You watch LeBron walking around. He's chilling. There's no energy. You're watching Anthony Davis. He's matching that energy. These guys have probably the worst playoff game I've ever seen those two play. Um, and it comes at the hands of just, you know, not... I mean, this is the weakest Memphis roster that you're going to face in this series, potentially. You know? And... You go out there and you treat it like it's a back-to-back, right? Regular season game, Tuesday night in the middle of the season where it doesn't really matter too much. They play like that. I was so mad. You know, I haven't I actually haven't yelled in a long time watching a game. I was pissed in this game. Just watching the lack of effort, the lack of energy. It's like, guys, if you just show the effort early, you pull out an early lead and this team will probably roll over, you know, by halftime. Now, you want to think that this team's going to roll over at the beginning of the game? That's the easiest time to set the tone is the beginning of the game. You have a strong first quarter, a strong second half of the or first half of the second quarter and you're up like 20, you know, 15 to 20. The team's going to be deflated. You know, now obviously Memphis has a lot of heart. You know, they're very well coached. They got guys like Dylan Brooks. You know, they have some tough, mentally tough guys on that team. You know, Desmond Bain. You know, none of those guys are going to give up. I'm not saying that they're just going to quit when they're down 20. You know, these guys are going to play hard no matter what. But, you know, you turn this into a struggle and you give that team any life whatsoever. And it, it's just unnecessary. You know, you're, you're a Laker fan like me. You know that this was going to be a loss from the first minute of the game. I'm watching this game in two different ways, right? I have it on the TV, okay? So main, the main view of the game. And then I have the away team view where the camera kind of focuses more on the stars for the away team. You can actually do it for the home team as well. It's pretty cool. Uh, League Pass or the NBA app has that. Um, but I put away, you know, because I wanted to see 
just a very few seconds was all I had to see. The camera is on LeBron the majority of the time. It kind of switches over to AD when AD has the ball and things like that. Um, and you watch them. You know, AD just, you know, he misses a shot, doesn't get back. LeBron misses a shot, doesn't get back. He's settling for shots. AD just not aggressive on defense. He's letting guys get by him. He, you know, it, it's just, it was triggering to watch a game that should have, that probably could have been the easiest game of their whole playoff run, even if their run ends in the first round, this would have been probably the easiest game they've had to play. And they blew it. You know, now you give this team an extra game that 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 you need to win. Uh, you make the series longer. You know, you give Jaw more time to rest. <laughs> I mean, if this is what they want, they got it. You know, if you wanted a hard series, you just made it even harder for yourself doing this. I mean, it was... It was triggering. I don't even want to talk about it. You know, it, even though I did talk about it, but, you know, Dylan Brooks after the game. I mean, just listen to this. There are some people, the Lakers are making that run. They get it to 14. You and LeBron have that exchange. There are people out there that say maybe maybe you shouldn't do that with one of the better players in the game. What, I guess what, what were you thinking? About I don't care. That? He's old. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, I was waiting for that. I was expecting him to do that game four, game five. He wanted to say something when I got my fourth foul. Um, he should have been saying that earlier on. Um, but, you know, I poke bears. Um, I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. Um, so um, I pride myself on, you know, what I do is defense and taking on any challenge that's on the board. So that's obviously Dylan Brooks talking about LeBron, and I'm glad you know, some people are, are like, oh, LeBron's about to pop off and he's about to, you know, do this and that. And he's going to, you know, go crazy in game three. It's like, yeah, I'm sure he will. But why does it take having to lose to a B team and have a dude talk trash to the media about how old you are and and how you're not the same LeBron for you to turn it up? Like, this is the playoffs. This is this is. You literally go to teams, and I'm talking to LeBron directly. You literally go to teams, and you have them blow everything up and construct around what you decide, right? I don't care what anyone says. LeBron's fans that listen to this, you know this is true. He goes to a team. The team blows up whatever has to be blown up. The picks that are still there are going to be gone. Um, and, you know, it's win-now mode, and rightfully so. But when it's win-now time, why are you not showing up? Why, why is the effort a question? Aren't you here to win now? I un okay, you want to tell me regular season, whatever. Fine, fine. You made the playoffs, good job. The playoffs are here. This is no longer regular season. This is not time to rest and chill and, and take a couple of shots, you know, fill out your shot. No, this is win this and get out, you know? Sweep the series if you have to. Jaw didn't play game two. Why don't you guys just stomp on him? That doesn't make any sense to me, you know? And I'm not even going to continue this rant because I had a long enough rant on my own. And, I mean, I don't know how many of you are actual Laker fans that want to listen to this. You know, it was a trash game. It was awful. It was the, one of the worst games I ever watched the Lakers play. Ridiculously abysmal. Um, you know, quick quick thoughts on the Bucks heat uh, before I end this episode. You know... <laughs> The Bucks, they lost the first game, obviously. I was triggered, and I obviously did a pod. The last episode before this one was me talking about, hey, man, 
I don't care if Giannis doesn't come back the rest of the series. They better not lose this series. Or Mike Budenholzer, most likely, fired. Okay. Um, you have the better team, with or without Giannis, in my opinion. The Bucks are the better team. Spread out. They shoot better. You know, defensive, defensively without Giannis, you can argue either way. But offensively, it's it's not even a question. I mean, almost every guy on the roster can shoot threes. Um, I would argue probably everybody on this team can shoot threes. And lo and behold, you know, they show up, they blow the heat out, you know, um, and obviously no Tyler Hero for the heat. That's a big loss for Miami, you know. And um, some people argue, oh, man, you know, uh, the Hero loss was bigger than the Giannis loss. And, you know, the Heat really need a Hero. And you know what? Like, at first I thought to myself, I was like, man, that's a little ridiculous to think that that, you know, the Heat losing Hero is just as bad as the as the Bucks losing uh, Giannis. And then I also remembered what what Charles Barkley kind of failed to properly, you know, kind of explain. But I understood what he meant, right? So he was talking about the fact that he's not comparing Giannis and Hero, but he is comparing them in the sense of this specific series, right? Like, like who is more missed in this series? Is are the Bucks are the Bucks missing Giannis? To win, to beat the Heat more than the Heat are missing Hero to beat the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the Heat have been awful offensively. They're they're second worst in pace. Like I've talked about a couple of times. Um, they need every bit of offense they can get. You know because they're just not good at shooting the ball. You know they they haven't been good from three. Um, and so you're already a small team. When you're small, you need to get up and down. And this team doesn't get up and down. So. You know, yeah, you know, if, if you go that way, then yes, I agree. You know, losing Hero, it's a much bigger loss because the Bucks should be able to beat the Heat without Giannis, you know? So um, I understand where Barkley was coming from, and I think he's right about that um, for sure. But obviously in the long term, and Barkley did say this, you know, going forward, you know, for the future of the playoffs, yeah, obviously Giannis is the biggest loss. Um, I hope Giannis is back for game three. You know, I, they're going to need him, you know, because Miami feeding off that energy uh, in a playoff game at home. I don't know, man. You know, it's exactly what I said that 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 how the Bucks lose games. You know, they, they shot. They weren't good from three in the first game and they lost it. You know, obviously they lost Giannis. It's a little bit different when you go into a game knowing that your best player isn't going to play from the beginning. Right. Because game one, it's like, oh, man, we lost Giannis. It's in the back of their head. They don't know how long he's out for. They don't know how serious the injury is. So that can kind of fluster them. So I kind of get it. But at the end of the day, you know, they've played many games without Giannis. You know, plenty enough to beat a team that hasn't been the best offensively. And that's the nicest way to put it. Um, Who am I expecting to win tonight? We've got three games, which, by the way, the time slots are awful. Okay, the time slots, I mean, you know, you have obviously Sixers Nets at 730 Eastern time. That's fine. Um, but then you have 10 o'clock, Kings Warriors. These times, man, they're brutal. You know, everyone's staying up until midnight. The viewership is down because of it. Um, I disagree with these crazy time slots, and I blame the play-in games. You know, I'll get into that in, a, in, in probably another pod. Um, but, you know, so yeah, Kings Warriors, 10 o'clock Eastern time tonight. And then Clippers Suns, 10.30. 30 minutes apart? Why? You know, why? And then I say, well, good thing this is the game that Kawhi isn't playing in, you know, because then it's not like a must tune in. You know, I know this is a all things basketball pod and I should be promoting the NBA and things like that. But let's be honest, if you're going to miss a game, 
in this specific series that's been awesome to watch, uh, this is the game that you probably can not watch, right? Like, you, you could get away with not watching this one. Um, and understandably so, man. 10.30 is a brutal start time, especially when you have King's Warriors. That's obviously been the best series in the first round uh, so far these playoffs. So, um, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always. And I'll catch you guys on the next one.